Hey there everybody and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. The World Cup is off for Christmas now but we got an early present from Annecy. Four days of incredible racing. I can't wait to dive in so let's get to it. We've got a lot coming up here today. We've got some amazing wins to look back on, great performances from some of the next generation of biathletes, with a crowd that screamed and shouted for everyone, but especially those French athletes that were racing incredible atmosphere over there in Le Grand Bornard, and we'll be breaking it all down today. I've got my weekly awards that we'll be giving out. There's also some great action over in the IBU Cup, which I'll get to at the end. Uh, while Biathlon's on a break for Christmas, I won't be deserting you though. Next week, I'll be answering some of your listener questions. Got a couple through already, but if you've got a question for next week's pod that you want to hear my dumb opinion on, you can email me at thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. Before we get into Annecy though, let's just have a little bit of news. And there was some pretty big news coming over uh, the airwaves today, which was that Marta Olsbu Roisland will be back in the next World Cup in Pogjuka over in Slovenia. She's back. It's at the expense of uh, Caroline Erdal, who uh, unfortunately for her is relegated down back to the IBU Cup. But it's going to be interesting to see what Roisland looks like when she gets back. Obviously, been a long time since she's rocked and rolled in the World Cup level. So a bit of rust, possibly. I'm not expecting a win, but we know she's going for those World Championships over in Germany. Um, so a little bit of a sort of tune-up for her going into uh, into those championships. Great to see Roisland back, though. Obviously one of the biggest names in biathlon, and we've uh, we've certainly missed her for the first three rounds of the World Cup. Anyway, that's all in the future. Let's get to the breakdowns, and we're going to start off with the guys who were sprinting last Thursday. That's right, it was the gents who kicked us off over in France, and this was a great playsetter for the rest of the week. Really good sprint race, pouring rain, not the best conditions, but the fans over there in France couldn't have been any better. And we had the hero leading us off, Canton Fion, Maillet, bib number one, five out of five in the prone, and the crowd was going nuts for it. Unfortunately for them, it wouldn't be a Fion Maillet day though, he went for the quick shoot in the stand, but just missed the fourth target. And that would see the reigning king down in eighth once the day was over. But he'd gone off first, so he was the rabbit everyone was chasing. But it wasn't as easy as all that. Seb Samuelson with another lost day after two misses on the stand. He was looking good early, but it wouldn't pan out for him. Likewise for Jacqueline, one miss on the prone. That put him in a tough spot, but he was rebounding well on the second lap. He came into the stand, skiing nicely. Missed the last two as well, though. Three misses for Jacqueline. He tied a bit on the last lap, but it was still good for the third fastest ski time of the day, rescuing a 13th place for the Frenchman. Familiar battle up top, though. It was Johannes Tinger's bow. It was Sterla Holm Ligrid going toe-to-toe for the win. Johannes was in first already, 11 seconds up on the field as he came in for his prone shoot. It was a smooth shoot from him, 29.6 seconds, not the quickest, but he knocked down the five and he was on his way. Ligreed was in next, 15 seconds down on the skis, but he was going to make it up in the range. Just 23.6 seconds needed to rattle them down, and Bo's lead was cut to 8.6 seconds as we went on to lap two. While that was kicking off, 
Some early starters were in for the Stan chasing Field Mayhe's time, and there were some pretty weird names. Michael Crookmeyer rolling back the years, clear and chasing the victory. But maybe rolling back the years even more was Timofey Lapshan. 100% Korean, not Russian at all. He always shoots fast and he was on it again. 21 seconds in the prone, 18 seconds in the stand. He nearly always misses. Not today though. He was clear and he was chasing that lead as well. Lapshan fading a little bit on the last lap. What a finish though. He was chasing Krukmar's time for the lead. He got it by the skin of his teeth. 0.3 seconds for the lead for Lapshan. Great to see him. We haven't seen that kind of form from him in maybe seven or eight years. While that was happening though, the real fight was behind and Bo and Ligreed came in for the standing shoot. It was Bo first, 50.4 seconds ahead of the field, but he still needed a good shoot because Ligreed was chasing him down. Took his time setting up, but once he started shooting, he wasn't going to miss. All five were down and it was up to Ligreed to punch back. He did all he could. A great shoot from Ligreed. He went clear as well but he needed to make up 14.3 seconds on the last lap. And with Johanna skin like he is at the moment, that wasn't going to happen. He had to settle for yet another second place. In between the two of them on the tracks was Benny Dole of Germany with a fantastic race. Great to see him back up on the podium, shooting clear for third, 39 seconds behind Johannes. Behind him, we had Poncelona fourth, Lapshan with an amazing fifth, and Grukmeyer also doing incredibly well to get a sixth place. Really good sprint race, definitely worth a watch if you didn't catch it last Thursday. That race set us up for another pursuit. Would it be another one where Johannes might just dominate? The conditions said no. They were icy as hell. The likes of which Johannes said he had never seen before, and it all set us up for a thriller on Saturday. Conditions were icy, but they weren't to blame for the first mistake, as Johannes again missing the last target on the first shoot. Ligrid said thank you very much and knocked them all down, stole the lead in the early stages. Behind them, it was another Norwegian doing his thing. Christensen going from 10th at the start up to 3rd after just one lap and the first shoot. Then we went to shoot 2, the big 2 at the front trading blows yet again. Ligrid 5 down and fast, bow him back with 5 of his own, trailing by just 6.5 seconds. But behind them, slowly getting himself into that leading picture was Christensen, just 34 seconds back at the halfway stage. It was then we realised that Johannes Tengas Bo wasn't just pacing himself, playing the smart game, he was struggling. Losing time, hand over fist, being caught by Christensen. Was he sick? Had something gone wrong? Something had gone wrong, his skis had betrayed him was not able to find an edge on that icy, icy conditions, and even the best gear of them all couldn't do anything as Ligrid and the lead sped away from him, and he was coming up to the third shoot, Ligrid with the lead, but he misses, so does Johannes, Christensen keeping it together to lead them both, and it was his turn to put the hammer down on the next lap. He came into the final shoot with 18 seconds to play with. This is Christensen. We've seen him nail it in the pressure situations time and again last year, but this wasn't the time for him. Two misses from Christensen, handing Ligrid the chance for his first win of the year. He shot quick, he shot clean, amazing win for Ligrid. Bo came out of that final shoot in second, but he was stumbling and bumbling his way through the last lap. Could not hold off Christensen, who got himself second place on the podium. 
Bo doing incredibly well, I thought, to get a third. He was not doing well out there on the tracks. Brilliant scheme from him. Fabien Cloud giving the fans something to cheer about in fourth place. And then Philip Fjeld Anderson and Sebastian Samuelson doing a nice job carving through the field to get fifth and sixth. Which took us to Sunday's final course, the mass start. 30 of the best lining up head to head. And it was yet another Norwegian day. Fans got to shout early as Jacqueline stretched the field on the first lap. But after the first shoot, it was a tale of five Norwegians. After that first shoot, it was Bo, Christensen, Ligrid leading the field. And an old friend was chasing them down. Johannes Dale, welcome back to the front. It has been a while. All four of them were together on the second shoot. All four of them went clear. And it was looking like a bit of a train and run out there. Or a team time trial for you cycling fans. They were just easing their way around the tracks. Norwegians out for a ski. It was nice to see if you're Norwegian. Tough to see if you were rooting for anyone else out there, though. And shoot three was where we saw a little bit of change. It was you-know-who, Dale. Unfortunately, it was nice knowing you. He missed two. Looked like he was out of the running. Looked like. We'll come back to that. Bo, Ligrid, Christensen all missed one as well. So welcome to the fold, Philip Field Anderson. He went clear and replaced Dale in that front four. The pace a little too hot for Anderson, though. So coming into the final shoot, we had a leading three. Anderson about eight seconds behind them. Feel my A in fifth. A little bit of variety if you don't like the Norwegian flag. Before two more Norwegians, Tayabo and Dale. Six Norwegians in the top seven. Crazy stuff in the mass start. They had Dole and Gigano for company as well. And we came in to the final shoot. Ligrid was out first, looking for five. Got four, but the last shot went wide. Door open. Johannes Dingsbo, Christensen, Anderson, all missed two. Feel my A, could he do it? One for the fans. He had one down, he had two down. He had three down. Four and five, both missed. The fans hated it. I hated it. But somebody had to win this race. Who was it going to be? Johannes Dale, welcome back. Like a phoenix from the ashes. He wasn't quite quick enough, but he was clear. He came out with his mate Ligrid leading. 10 second lead over Johannes Dale. At that point, I thought it was over. I thought we had a double for Ligrid, but there was yet another twist in the tail. Ligrid was struggling up that long, slow hill, and Dale could smell blood. He was catching him early. He caught up to Ligrid. Ligrid, to be fair to him, stuck with Dale. They were going toe to toe for the last sort of kilometer there. Dale attacking, Ligrid attacking, but it was Dale who got the lead going into the final sprint. He thought he had it. Hands went up. Ligrid almost caught him on the line. Almost celebrated too early, but it was great to see Dale, second World Cup win of his career. After all the troubles he's gone through, getting the win in the mass start to take us into Christmas. And that was your men's races. Let's dive into some awards. So moving on to the awards for the men's races, as per usual, I've got the gold, silver and bronze for the best performers of the week, the Unsung Hero Award, and my biggest disappointment to finish us off. We'll start off with the positives though, and with the gold medal for the best performance of the week. Could I give it to anyone else? It's Johannes Dale. Always been a big Dale fan, and it was fantastic to see him back on the top step. And I say I've always loved Ali. He, to me, and if you've been listening to me for too long, perhaps, 
you know that I thought he was sort of going to be the the next generation of stars. Him and Jacqueline. I was pitching them as perhaps the next Johanna's four card like rivalry. And then he won in Hockfields and it was all looking great two years ago. And then just such a rough year for him last year. Had the injury troubles, could not hit the targets, especially in the prone at the start of the year. And he must have wondered if he'd ever be able to get back to his best form at that stage. But this was it. Back to the best for Dale, holding his nerve on that final shoot in the mass start, knowing that the front, what was it, four, five, had all missed. That was an epic shoot from Dale. Great tracking down of Ligreed as well, hunting him down on the last lap. And then it wasn't just catching him, moving past him, and, and that was the win. Ligrid was attacking him back as they went over the bridge. Ligrid tried to break him, but Dale held off everyone, and it was that was great to see. It would have been tough if he'd have celebrated a little bit quicker because he almost lost it right at the end there. Ligrid saw him celebrating and went for that last-minute sprint, and there was a split second where I missed a heartbeat because I thought Dale had just thrown away the victory. I don't know if I could have handled that. That would have been tough to see. But amazing for him. Fourth Norwegian in the overall now. Great to see him back at that position. Be interesting to see if he makes a, a relay team in Pogjuka. We've got uh, mixed relays over there in Slovenia, the single mix and the and the mix. So only three athletes will, will be in contention. You'd assume that would be Hannah's like Reed and Christensen, but hard to say. Darley's making making a name for himself here, putting himself back into that picture. Um, so great stuff from him. Really love to see it, and uh, and hopefully this is the start of uh, the start of him getting right back to the best, and maybe even not this season potentially, but but challenging for medals at the World Championships potentially this season, and then maybe next season getting back into that overall Crystal Globe hunt. Silver medal. It's going to Norway, I'm afraid. The top three, they're all going to Norway. It's great. It was a great week for Norwegian fans. I'm giving the silver medal to Ligrid, finally getting the win. But really, I was going to say the win that he deserved, but he hasn't been as good as Johannes. So not necessarily the win he deserved, but the win that I feel like he's deserved just for the work he's been putting in this season so many times, uh, finishing second to Johannes. And... I think a great week from him as a whole, really. He did about as well as you could have asked him to do in the sprint. Nobody was going to beat Bo on the day. Um, did fantastically well in the pursuit, as we know, taking that win. The only knock on him would be the mass start. He couldn't hold off Dale at the end there. 10-second lead. If that was over, maybe a Johannes on his day, then you'd say, fair enough. It's going to be hard for anyone to hold him off. But Dale... Yeah, it's a, a little bit of a knock on Ligrid that he couldn't hold him off and take that win. Uh, he's 34 points behind Johannes in the overall race at the moment. Would have only been 19 if he could have held on to that win. But that's a very, very small knock against him. Two second places and a win. That's a fantastic week in anyone's books. And Ligrid there taking the silver medal. Bronze medal, I'm giving it to Johannes. It's another win. In the sprint, that was about as good as anyone can do in a sprint. 10 out of 10. Such cool shooting. I like the way he's been shooting this season as well. He's taking his time. He's setting himself up. But then when he starts shooting, he's rattling them down quickly. Really nice to see him sort of 
not necessarily his best shooting because we've seen some pretty spectacular things from Johannes in the past. Um, but it's looking reliable, and that's and that's what you need, sort of week in, week out. Saturday, it was you know that was a tough day. He looked like he was let down by his skis. I thought he did brilliantly to salvage third place. The commentators are even talking about him maybe pulling out. I think they thought it was uh, sort of an injury or an illness thing, um, rather than rather than the skis. But I mean, he was. There was at least three or four times that it looked like he might have fallen down. He just could not get any grip on those skis. Um, so to get third in those circumstances, that's not a bad effort at all. And then a bit like I agreed, a bit of a knock on him in that mass start. Two misses on the final shoot. That was tough. He probably would have won with only one miss. Uh, but still, it's been an amazing start to the season. And I think biathlon's at its best when when the stars are firing and they're having to be challenged by the likes of your Ligreeds and, and feel my A's. So good to see Johanna's back on top um, over the first three meetings of the season. Let's move on to the Unsung Hero. It's my favourite award here. Get to shout out someone who maybe didn't get as much coverage uh, as, as they deserved. Honourable mention for Sean Doherty. You Americans out there, I know you're listening. Sean Doherty, great performance in the sprint. 11th, the best we've seen from him in years. Um, really good to see that from uh, from Doherty there. Rough uh, rough end to the weekend, I guess you could say. He sank to 47th, unfortunately, in the pursuit. He had five misses in the pursuit. He also had five misses in the mass start. Um, but, you know, I think someone like Sean Doherty, bit of a shame he didn't get into the top 10. That would have been really nice to see. But 11th is a really, really solid p- performance from him. On a day when not a lot of people were missing as well. There were a lot of good uh, shooting performances in the sprint. So fair play to him. He's the honourable mention for the unsung hero, but the actual winner, I'm giving it to Sebastian Stauder. Three perfect shooting races from the Swiss athlete there. 50 shots, 50 hits. It doesn't get much better than that. Obviously, he's not up there with the best on the skis, but that's... That's perfection, and you've got to give uh, you've got to give him a lot of credit for that. Twentieth in the sprint, fourteenth in the pursuit, which was at that time a personal best, and then eighth in the mass start, obviously beating his previous personal best from the day before. And it could have been so much better. He came out of the final shoot in the mass start. I didn't cover him there in the uh, in the recap, but he came out second. Dale was actually behind Stolder, but then he sank back pretty quickly faded away into the uh, into the pack a bit. But eighth place, brilliant performance from Stolder. And alongside Hartweg, you know, this could be a bright future for the Swiss team. Um, Stolder's sort of middle of the pack on ski speed, so needs to continue like this in the range, get hit his targets, and, and maybe just boost that ski speed up a little bit as he ages. Um, but really good performance from Stolder. And uh, really nice to see the Swiss team doing so well with Hartweg. When Hartweg steps aside for a couple of races, Stolder comes in and you still see still see that Swiss cross in the top 10. So finally on the men's side, we'll go on to the disappointment. And it's with a with a hard heart, I have to say it, because the fans were willing them to, to do a bit better. But the biggest disappointment has to be the French men's team as a whole. Their first ever time leaving Annecy without a podium. Tough racing for all of them. I think the only bright spot really Fabien Cloud he was he was decent got the fourth place there real disappointments for Phil Maillet and Jacques Alain I thought though and Phil Maillet just 
in, we've seen him have a bit of trouble in the range this season, but it was on the skis where he was really struggling, which is, I thought, we saw it in Consolati, he wasn't on his best form. I thought as the season went on, we'd start to see him sort of uh, ease his way back to his best, but he went clear in the pursuit, which went under the radar because you didn't see him in the race. He started eighth, he finished seventh. When you finish, I mean, feel my A at his best, going clear in a pursuit from eighth, you think he's probably going to win that race or at least get the podium, depending on what people ahead of him are doing. But yeah, it's just not not the feel my A we came to love last season, especially. Uh, tough, tough for him. He's got the Christmas break now to, uh, to yeah, sort of maybe maybe right some of those wrongs, come back in the, uh, in the new year with a, a bit of a fresh perspective on things. But Jacqueline, similarly, Jacqueline's actually sort of the opposite, skiing really well, but missing his targets. And he's had a good start to the season. Obviously, the, the top Frenchman in the world. But just missing missing those targets in the sprint, that sets you up for a bad pursuit. And he just never never really got on top of top of his game. He has mentioned... Uh, sort of since the races have happened, uh, how much the crowd sort of plays in, possibly having a negative effect on some of the French athletes. Uh, when we go into the women's races, though, we'll see that that is not true for everyone. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's tough to really put a put a reason on it. it was interesting words from Antonin Giegener, who I actually thought had a a decent weekend. He had a good mass start, um, but he uh, in Nordic Mag saying that the just the emotion of performing in front of the public is uh, sometimes gets a bit too much for him, uh, despite the fact he enjoys racing in front of those fans. Um, he also did mention just the the fact that the whole week was dominated by Norway. Every podium was, you know, the Norwegian flag was all over it. Did, just trying to think now if there was anyone else. Oh, sorry, Benny Dole in the sprint, getting that third place, the only non-Norwegian on a podium. And it is tough because the Norwegian team is that good. Um, amazing athletes. Giganar mentioned the fact that at the IBU Cup level, you see those races, it's the Norwegians dominating. So they've got that strength and depth and, and they've got that fire sort of. If you don't perform in the Norwegian team, someone's ready to fill your place. Um, so tough, tough weekend, tough week for the French team. Uh, but hopefully they'll bounce back because all of them, are great. Love seeing Gigana skiing well. Phil May, Jacqueline, obviously great. And Fabian Cloud. Always a bit of a bit of a sort of background athlete in the French team, but he's he's been the best of them um over over in Annecy. So hopefully the French can bounce back, but not a great week for them at all. Honorable mention in the disappointment, have to say Seb Samuelson had a tough time of it as well. 17th in the sprint. Decent pursuit. He came through from 17th to finish 6th. But then last place in the mass start. Really, really bad day for him there. He's down to ninth in the overall race. Um, and yeah, just not, not hitting the peaks that we know that Samuelson can hit. Anyway, that is the men's races and my awards for them. Let's move on to another set of incredible races, which the women gave us. And we'll start off with the sprint that they gave us on Friday. Now, it's not often that the sprint is one of the races of the week, but we had an absolute peach on Friday. Big names early, drama till the very end. And if you haven't seen this one, 
then hit pause right now and go and watch the replay because it was fantastic. Early stages, we had Hannah Erberg starting us off. Bib number three, going early and looking quick, but it was not her day yet again as she missed one on the prone, one in the standard could only manage, manage 22nd. Denise Herman Vick was up next. She missed as well on the prone, but going very, very quickly. Next up, the fans were excited. It's a nice Chevalier Boucher, 11 seconds down on Herman coming in, but five out of five down, leaving with a near 20 second lead over the German. The crowd were deafening at this stage and they would only get louder. Tandrevold, Simon, next up, the top two in the world, and they were both clear as well. Neither as quick as a nace though. The race was hotting up. We were into the stand. Herman, the one to beat, clear in the stand for 9 out of 10 on the day, and she was miles ahead on the skis. Chevalier Boucher needed 5 to stay ahead, misses the first, gets the next 4 though. Tandrevold misses the fourth, Simon misses 2. It was looking good for Herman at this stage, but there was danger lurking. Elvira clearing the prone and on her way. Fialkova of Slovakia, she was surprise challenger number 1, 9 out of 9. But the pressure shot, she misses, and Herman stays ahead. Elvira now into the stand. The same thing happens. The wind felt there, but the last shot misses. And Denise Herman Vick breathing a huge sigh of relief. Surprise challenger number two, Mari Ada. Skiing fast. We know she can do it. She misses as well in the stand. But there's action on the prone targets now. Dorothea Vera, five out of five, 23 seconds. She's in the mix. Lisa Vitozzi, five as well. A bit slower on the skis, though. Not slow on the skis was Lynn Pearson of Sweden. She was going like lightning, leading the field after a clear prone shoot, and the race was truly on. Back to the standing shoots. Davidova came in. She missed on the stand. And then what's this? Anna Magnuson, 10 out of 10. Anna Magnuson with the lead out of nowhere. Could she hang on? She had 10.7 second lead over Hermann Vick. Surely not possible. The German was flying. Well, how about turning that lead into a 15.2 second lead? Fastest last lap of the day. Anna Magnussen on top of the leaderboard. But for how long? We had some big names coming. Dorothy Vera into the stand. Another person to miss the last shot. What was happening out there? Lim Pearson, 13 second lead over Magnussen into the range. She misses as well. Her search for victory this season continues. It looks like that's it. We've looked like we've got Magnussen, Pearson, Herman on the podium. But what's next? Lou Jean Monod, 10 out of 10. Sophie Chaveau, 10 out of 10. The young French women had turned up to the party and it was on yet again. Jean Monod, 10 seconds outside the podium places. That was going to be too much for her to overcome, unfortunately. But Sophie Chaveau, out of the range in fourth place. What was she going to be at the next checkpoint? Second place. Faster than Pearson, faster than Herman. The next checkpoint, still second place. The crowd was going insane. The coaches were going insane. I was going insane. Could she hold on to the line? Not quite, unfortunately. Pearson's time went by. Herman's time went by as well. But Sophie Chaveau may as well have won. She came in fourth, but the crowd were chanting her name at the finish. Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. She was in tears. Her teammates had her on top of the shoulders. It was amazing. What a finish to a sprint. Magnussen winning out of nowhere. 
Pearson getting second, Herman third, Chavot fourth, Ada and Batozzi fifth and sixth. Incredible sprint race. Absolutely loved this one. And then it was on to the pursuit on Saturday. This one looked more like a mass start after lap one. The top 15 all on the range together, split by about 30 seconds in all, and it was Elvira Erberg leading. That wasn't necessarily a surprise, but Julia Simon, after starting 49 seconds down, was in the leading group after one shoot. Absolutely incredible skiing and shooting from the French woman, leading the overall, and we were on to lap two. Elvira, Vitozzi, both looking like they were on good days, breaking away slightly from the rest. Herman, unfortunately, going the other way, though, struggling to find the grip, a bit like Johannes earlier. We were on to shoot two. The big names were all there. Elvira, Tandrevold, Simon, all clear. Vitozzi, unfortunately, the first to blink. Two misses. Don't worry, she'd be back. Shoot three. Elvira again, holding the nerve. And this time it was Simon and Tandrevold taking the miss. One each. Simon, though, was flying on the next lap. Only six seconds behind Elvira as they came into the final shoot. My money was on Simon. She's been deadly all season. Elvira, though, coping with the pressure perfectly. Her first clear shoot of the season. 20 out of 20. Great stuff from Elvira. And Simon, for the first time this season, breaking under the pressure. Two misses from her. Tangerbold, who'd started 18th, had a chance for second place. But two misses from her as well left the door open to Vitozzi. Five out of five for the Italian. Stealing second place from under Simon and Tandrevold's noses. Simon would hold on to third. So it was Elvira, Vitozzi, Simon on the podium. Tandrevold, still a great race. 18th up to fourth. Vera fifth. And Lynn Person second down to sixth. All of which led us up to the final race. It was the mass start. We didn't have an Emilian Jacqueline pushing the pace. So it was a slow lap one. Should have been all good for the shooting, you'd have thought. But Hannah and Vitozzi and Herman all missing. Big names rolling down the ranks. But we had Simon, Elvira, Tandrevold leading an elite group of eight athletes into the second shoot. Surprises here. Simon misses. Davidova misses. But we've still got Elvira, Hauser, Tandrevold, Chevalier Boucher at the front. Vera and Magnussen chasing them hard. It was shoot three. The fans were pumped. Because Chevalier Boucher was clear and she was the only one. Elvira, Hauser and Tandrevold all sending one wide. France had the lead. Chevalier had the lead. France also had third. Chevalier also had third because Chloe Chevalier was making herself known up into third place. Magnussen splitting the two of them. Could Magnussen get another win? The skis were failing her, unfortunately. She fell back into the clutches of Elvira, Hauser and Tandrevold. And so it came down to the final shoot, just like the men's race. Six women this time with the chance of the win. Chevalier Boucher missed the first again, just like the sprint. But just like the sprint, she hits the last four and left it up to someone else to beat her as she went onto the penalty loop. Chloe couldn't do it. Tandrevold couldn't do it. Magnussen couldn't do it. They all missed. Elvira, she got one, two, three, four, but misses the fifth again, just like the sprint for her as well. And it was Hauser hitting the lead. 19 out of 20 for the Austrian. She was in the lead onto the last lap, but only seven seconds back, the French were coming. Chevalier Boucher off the loop in second. Julia Simon back in the race after a 20 second clear shoot. She was up from seventh to third. 
I thought they were going to track Hauser down and take the win from her, but the Austrian was flying. There was nothing they could do. Hauser with the win. Simon battling for a brilliant second, and Ney Chevalier just hanging on to third because Elvira was hunting her down. And then those two again, Sophie Chavot fifth, Lujan Mono sixth. Great race to finish things off. Six amazing races. I loved every minute of the, all of them over there in Annecy. That's the breakdown. Let's get on to the women's awards. On to the awards, and we had so many amazing performances that it was tough to split them out into a gold, silver, and bronze for best performances of the week. But with the gold, I've got to go back to the sprint and give it to Anna Magnuson. This, possibly my win of the year so far, absolutely no one could have seen this one coming. Perfect day for Magnuson in such a strong team as well it's uh it's, it's often easy to overlook someone like anna magnuson she's always she's been plugging away for years essentially replaced mona brawson in the relay team this year she's been a mainstay for years as well and uh i'm really repaying the faith of the coaches tenfold this year with that win um and i love to see it because it's not you know it's not someone just coming onto the world cup tour getting a win really easily it's hard work that's got magnuson here just to put that performance into a bit of context, Magnuson made her World Cup debut all the way back in January 2015. I think she was just 20 back then. She was then a, a mainstay at World Cup level, not getting great results, but in the team for the next three or four years. But then with the emergence of the likes of the Erbergs, she started to bounce up and down from World Cup to IBU Cup, back again, down again. It's not been an easy road at all for Magnuson that's led her to this win. Um so even better to see her take it. Brilliant result. As I said in the recap there, fastest final lap out of everyone. And this is from an athlete who's 29th fastest on average this season. Just a monumental effort to keep the likes of Herman at bay. Um, so yeah, great performance from Magnuson. Loved that whole race. It, it was brilliant. Um, so great to see her take the win. She gets the gold medal for best performance of the week. In silver, I couldn't split the two of them. I think Sophie Chavot probably gets it, but I'm I'm looping Lou Jamonot in there as well. 23-year-old Chavot, 24-year-old Jean Monot, and they were both, they lit up the whole weekend in the women's races. The sprint especially, Sophie Chavot, amazing scenes as uh, as she came in to get that fourth place. The crowd was going insane. She was, as I say, she was in tears, up on the shoulders of Simone, and uh, I'm not sure who else had her had her up there. Um, but it was like something out of a film. It was great. And for an athlete who's not come into this French team full of, you know, race wins, um, she's won a few relays at lower levels, but no individual wins. Real solid end to her season in IBU Cup level last year. That got her into the team. And, you know, it's not been all smiles this year at World Cup level. Uh, solid in the points for all three races in Contiolati. Had a bad day in the sprint in Hockfilsen down in 71st. Uh, that was our only race over there in Austria. And then to come into Annecy, fourth place, eighth place, fifth place is absolutely incredible. And from here on out, I mean, hopefully this just doesn't put too much pressure on her because uh, it just looked like she was skiing completely free out there, even with the fans going crazy all around her. Really amazing performance. And I hope she can keep this going. 
Um, but yeah, without too much pressure on her shoulders. Lou Jamono as well. Not as big scenes for her as we saw with uh, with Chavot there in the sprint. But again, a phenomenal performance she put in over the week. Bit more sort of decorated. She's got golds in youth, junior world championships. Uh, she won a sprint in the IBU Cup last year. More consistent, I'd say, throughout her career than Chavot. Part of the relay team now. And uh, her best performance, getting sixth place in the mass start. And for both of them. It's almost a shame that we've got two weeks off now. Uh, it'd be great to just see them again immediately and, and see what else they could do. But maybe a little break, let the pressure sort of uh, calm down, let all the expectation calm down a bit and go into what you could, uh, you know, refreshed after the break. The French For the French team, this is great. I mean, we talked about the Norwegian men's team, and the dominance they've had uh, over in Annecy. But that was five French women in the top eight in the mass start. And Justine Brézard-Boucher still to come back into this team. So, I mean, this French team, after years of Norwegian dominance, obviously we saw, I can't remember when it was now, was it 2020? The Norwegian team winning every single relay of the year. But France now look like they could uh, they could start to step up and, and should start to look to dominate some of the relays. Obviously, Sweden are going to be in their way. We've got Roisland coming back into the Norwegian team. So I think these women's relays are going to be incredible to watch going forward. Um, fingers crossed. Anyway, that's my silver medal. It's uh, Sophie Chaveau, but Lou jean gets one as well, I think. In bronze, I'm going to give it to Elvira Erberg. I'm still a little bit guilty of being in the mode of kind of thinking that Elvira should just be winning every race because of how good she is on the skis. But it's easy to forget how young she is. She's still wearing the blue bib. You know, she's still under 25. She's still sort of picking her way through um, World Cup biathlon. And I'm, yeah, as I say, I'm a bit guilty. I came into the season thinking that it might be dominant, 10 plus wins for Elvira. But it's been more of a struggle like that. Great for her to get that first win of the year under her belt. And I still think it might be the first of many. 10, okay, that was, uh, <laughs> that was unrealistic. But I could see her getting towards sort of four, five, six wins by the end of the season. And I think still a shade, possibly my favourite for the overall. Um, knocks on her, though, disappointing in the sprint. Only one miss, and she was beaten by three other athletes who'd only missed one. You don't really expect to see that from Elvira as good as she is on the skis. She got eighth that day. And the mass start, a little bit of a missed opportunity to get some points off Simon as they go for that overall title. Um, Simone going from seventh up to second, Elvira just missing that last shot. That would have been the win, I think. She ended up fourth. So a mixed week for Elvira, but very glad that she got that first win of the season for her. So we'll move on to the Unsung Hero Award. And, you know, a name that didn't get much uh, recognition, but I'm going to give some credit here to Ragnarhild Femsleinvik of the Norwegian team. And this is someone who's really at the age of 27, getting her first real shot at a full World Cup season. And that's, you know, due to factors. We've got Roisland out. we got Ekhoff out. So uh, some people are getting that boost up into the World Cup team. And Femsonvik's done really well, I think, this week. Um, she's sort of found it hard to get that opportunity. We have seen her at World Cup levels in other seasons. Uh, but she's mostly been around IBU Cup. She's won gold at the European Championships, wins at IBU Cup level. But good to see her getting up into the uh, into the top 10 in the mass start. And we'll see where she goes from this. It's been an up-and-down season for her. The shooting's been quite bad. 
Um, but when she can limit those misses, the pace is there for decent things, not not wins necessarily. Although Magnussen has shown us what can happen um, with athletes who you think might not be in the running for wins. But a good week for Femstein Vic overall, 33rd in the sprint, getting some points there. Just the one miss, I think that's really positive for her. Four misses in the pursuit, but able to work her way up from 33rd to 16th. So, you know, a bit of work in the range, but decent enough. And uh, and, and working her way through the crowds, uh, good to see. She snuck into the mass start, really. She was bib number 30 and did an absolutely fantastic job with it. Ninth place for Femstein Vic, just two misses. And, and that's really positive to see for her. Because, you know, she's we've got Roisling coming back, but she's sort of battling for a place in the relay team there. She did really well in the relay in Hockfilson. So, yeah, keep an eye on her over the next few races. I think we'll see her in the mixed relays, in one of the mixed relays, potentially, depending what they're doing with Roisland there. They might want to over-race Roisland. Um, so, yeah, a couple more top tens for Femstein Vic could happen if she starts getting that confidence that that's where she belongs then maybe she can she can push on and we might have yet another uh, Norwegian star in the off in there. For the disappointments, there are two there really for me. I think we'll start off with Davidova. I thought she was kind of on the edge of a real sort of breakthrough in terms of the overall chase. She had a really strong start in Contiolati, continued that in Hotfilson, and then just went off the boil a bit last week. Uh, she was 16th in the sprint. Only one miss. You would have thought that she'd be closer to the top five with that sort of uh, result. Off the pace again in the pursuit. Only 38th quickest ski time out of 58 runners. Um, so hopefully this is Davidova's bad weekend sort of out of the way. Obviously, be disappointed for her that she can't remove any of those results as you used to be able to. Uh, but she'll come back stronger than ever, I hope. Decent way off the top in the overall now. When after hot fills and it looked like a challenge could be on. But maybe that'll be good for her. Take a bit of the uh, bit of the pressure off. Um, so Davidova, one of my disappointments of the weekend. The other one, Stina Nielsen, who still just not pushing on when we're seeing teammates Magnussen, Lim Persons having an amazing start to the season. Magnussen taking the win in the sprint, and Stina Nielsen. I'm wondering if it's maybe in her best interests to go back to the IBU Cup and and try and make a mark there. The shooting's actually getting more consistent it's getting better but the speed has just disappeared which is really surprising because uh, she was quick when she first came in um and then it's it's just started to started to disappear for her there so maybe going back to the ibu cup different sort of you know less fans it's been interesting to see lampich obviously back there we're going to talk about her later on in the podcast um so yeah stina nelson i think we all had maybe unrealistic expectations of what she could do. We'd seen what Herman had done, um, taking wins there, taking Olympic wins. And it looked like Stina Nielsen might be on that same path, but it's just dropped off. And I'd, uh, I'd like to see her maybe getting a, a couple of runouts in the IBU Cup. If she could get, you know, a podium or a win even at that level, and then just start building that confidence back up and then bring her back into the IBU Cup. Uh, sorry, bring her back into the World Cup. And, uh, and see what she can do there. So those are my awards on the women's side. And now, talking of the IBU Cup, let's go and see what was happening there over in Italy. Welcome to IBU Cup Corner. They were racing over in Italy last week, and it was welcome home, taking the win 
Federica Sanfilippo taking her first win on the IBU Cup Tour since 2015 and only her second win ever, as far as I can tell, sort of in the in the top three levels there. Not in the relay team anymore. That's obviously where we've sort of come to recognise her recently, uh, often taking the anchor leg there for the Italian team. Uh, she's been replaced by some of the younger athletes there. You've got the likes of Pasla and Camola coming through. But I think that's almost turned out to be a great thing for San Filippo. Going down to IBU Cup level and taking a win, that's got to feel great for her. Lampich, she's back at IBU Cup level, came in 15th with another four misses in a sprint, but 37 seconds faster than the field again. And you have got to hope that she is going to be able to perform in Pogyuka on the World Cup stage in front of her home fans in January. Onto the pursuit and San Filippo, not, oh, not able to hold on for the win. Second place for her, though, another great race. Uh, finishing second to Norway's Marin, and I apologise for the pronunciation here, Kirkaida, uh, who looks like another potential star for the Norwegian team, winning the pursuit at just 19 years old. Uh, we then had the mass start, where it was a great race, uh, the women's mass start over there, uh, on Biathlon World, uh, not biathlonworld.com, Eurovision. Uh, com there. If you want to see the replay of this one, it's worth a watch. France's Gion Gigana, uh, sister of Antonin, of course, she took the win after a perfect shoot, but it was close because she had the woman of the moment, Anna Maria Lampich, again chasing her hard on the final lap. She'd missed five targets going into that final lap. She was in third going onto it, 35 seconds back, and she finished just nine seconds off the win. Incredible speed yet again from Lampich. And uh, you could tell the coach, the coaches were, were getting nervous there as Giganel was getting chased down. She did well, though, took that win in the mass start. Really good racing um, in all three of those races. Um, and yeah, turning over to Lampich there, obviously, personally, I'd rather see her on the World Cup Tour um she's clearly too fast essentially to be racing at the ibu cup level right now um but then we've already talked about steen nielsen's struggles being thrust into that world cup level maybe a bit too early and so you know cutting your teeth in a lower pressure environment obviously she needs to improve her shooting and maybe doing that at this ibu cup level getting a couple of world cup races in here and there uh, might be the way to go and if she gets it right obviously she'll win, whether it's at IBU Cup level, whether it's at World Cup level. The form she's in at the moment, if she hits all the targets, it's hard to say she won't win. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of an interesting debate there. Should she be in the World Cup races or should she be at IBU Cup? Because um, if she does get it right at the World Cup, that's a World Cup win under your belt. So that's that's my view on it. I think she should be there, but I can I can appreciate what the coaches are doing and obviously taking what we've already mentioned about Steena Nielsen into uh, into account there. Lampich doing well at IBU Cup level, and that's great to see. In terms of the overall at IBU Cup, it is Giganar who leads just 18 points up on Germany's Vanessa Hins right now. Over on the men's side, it was yet another win for Andre Strontheim in the men's sprint, making it four wins for the season. However, it wasn't all roses for him. It went wrong in the pursuit and the mass start. He missed seven in the pursuit, six in the mass start. Rough. Rough times for Strom time there. Uh, but Norway still ruled supreme as Mats Overby took the pursuit win and Martin Uldal took the win in the mass start. Uh, that win for Overby in the pursuit brings him up to second, but unsurprisingly, it is Strom time 
with a huge 162-point lead at the top. Slightly interesting news. Uh, it has been already announced that uh, Stromsheim will not be joining the World Cup team for uh, for the races in Pogliuca. I'm in two minds about this one as well. I think if he's winning the IBU Cup, let him win the IBU Cup. If he goes into the World Cup stage, he's not going to be in the relay teams. He'll probably only make the sprint race. And then what's that really doing for him? Um, so I think it's a good move from Norway. Let him just take this overall title, which it looks like he's going to do uh, in the form he's in right now. And then maybe you look to promote him going into 23-24 uh, next season. I think that's uh, that'll do us for this week's Biathlon podcast. So as I said at the top, I'm going to do a little uh, listeners' questions podcast next week. So if you've got any questions, you can get those in to thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. Before that, though, I hope you all have a great Christmas. For those of you who are celebrating it, enjoy your time, enjoy some mulled wine, and I'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening.